Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Good News Doctors podcast. I am your host, Dr. Mark DeBrinkett, and today I have a very special guest, Nate Forrest. Now, he is with us for the second time today, and Nate is a purpose coach. He focuses on mindset, fitness, and nutrition. And today, we're going to talk about peak performance and what that looks like in a professional athlete and just your average Joe person. Uh, and so, welcome, Nate. <music> good to be back. Yes, great. glad to have you. So tell us a little bit about, uh, about what it is as a purpose coach and what that looks like. So most people I work with are looking for an external source of validation, but that's always uh, a barrier and a goal that's going to be always just out there. And you're, you're never going to be able to reach it until it becomes internal. So most people are working from a place in, to, in order to be good enough as opposed to a place from being good enough. And so it's a complete mindset shift. You can still have the same pursuit, but you know, intention matters. So if your intention is to accomplish X, Y, Z, you're going to always have to find something new and you're always going to be looking and guess what? You're never going to find it. But once it comes internal and you know, you know what? I am good enough and this is my purpose. Then you work from a place from that identity as opposed to, trying to get that identity from what you're doing. Oh, I love that. That is fantastic. You know, most people spend their whole life and never actually find their purpose. And so this is more than just purpose for career wise or how you want to use your talents to help people. This is truly like the purpose of what gets you out of bed in the morning. What makes you make the right decision to eat this and not eat that or go here or not go there or listen to this or not listen to that. You know, all of these things absolutely affect our performance. And I was raised from a martial art mindset as attitude determines human performance. And if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. But like you're saying, you haven't accomplished uh, a goal of, let's say, getting your black belt, then you get there. And, you know, that's usually the beginning. But then that's what? when most people stop and think, okay, well, I got it. You know, does another number of black belts matter? Or really, what does that do to you internally? So, when it comes to actually going from that place of purpose, are you talking about all aspects of your life, like diet-wise, spiritual-wise, physical-wise, mental health? Uh, tell me a little bit about the diet aspect of, of what that looks like. Yeah, well, the, the 10 steps, whatever those 10 steps are, are easy. Like take nutrition, for example. Eat more greens, leafy vegetables, eat clean proteins and, and sources as close to the ground as possible. That's basically what nutrition is. But how many people struggle with that? And that's where the purpose comes into play. Because once you know that, then walking out what your purpose is, is easy. And that's right. where you see people who have this like effortless success. It's because they have this question answered. So the question, who am I? 99% of people will not be able to answer that question. But that 1%, those peak performers, as we like to call it, yeah, they will be able to answer that question because they're working from that place of identity, not in order to be good enough. Right. So it's not like I'm going to do this diet for this week because I need to lose five pounds because for some reason that is important for everybody else looking at me. But for me, why are you losing the five pounds? Exactly. And that's an external source of validation. You want your partner or social media 
or your friends or colleagues or peers to give you that validation. But then what? And that's where you see the people who have lost 100 pounds. They've lost 10 pounds 10 times, right? But they keep on this cycle of this external validation. I call it the hamster wheel because we're always on that hamster wheel of trying to be good enough to get that validation, to, you know, get all those things we're looking for and cross off those goals. But it's a never ending journey until it becomes internal, until you internalize and know intrinsically, I am good enough. Therefore, that's why I know I I will do what I'm going to do, improve my nutrition, improve my fitness, improve my mindset, whatever that is. So in the aspect of eating in diet, what you're saying is more like you eat to live rather than live to eat. And we can say that to people, but people say, well, eating to live just sounds so boring. <laughs> you know, like, where's the fun in that? I mean, I, I get a lot of pleasure out of eating. Can't we find ways of eating, <laughs> of eating things? You know, and I, I'm under the belief, and I believe you are too, that 95% of people's health issues can be addressed and healed with diet alone. If we just learn to take better care of ourselves and be a better supply sergeant for what our body's telling us it needs and what we're actually giving it. 100%. It goes back to what we just talked about. What goes into your mind and into your body will be externalized. If you're putting potato chips in, like on a regular basis, and I eat potato chips as well, Yeah. like if that's your 90%, then guess what's going to be externalized? You're going to have some external body fat and things that people see. So what you do in private will be celebrated in public. So those yes. little habits that you have that you consistently pursue on a daily basis, that's what the fruit of your life will show mentally and physically. That's right. And it just all boils down to choices. We're giving totally. choices all day long. So from a spiritual side of things, Dr. Charles Stanley has always mm. taught me to halt. If ever you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, you're going to be susceptible to making a very bad decision. Mm. And so those are the times when we're most vulnerable mm. and we can actually get a spiritual attack and then all of a sudden make a poor choice when it comes to what I'm going to make on that menu order or what I'm going to eat. If I'm hungry, I'm not necessarily thinking in my most clear mm. mind. And so it's those, those times that are that much more critical that you have what? A little extra ambition, a little more self-discipline. I mean, what is it that we tell ourselves that makes you not, you know, it's like, I wish sometimes I had a food slapper with me. And then when I'm at a party or something thinking, oh, I can just, this is that once in a while that we're going to do that. And I'll go ahead, like just this weekend, it being a holiday weekend, we were at parties and I probably had a few more appetizers than I should have had. And I really felt the difference the next day. And I think people that eat that way all the time, they just feel like that all the time. So they don't know what really clear thinking, clear feeling having great energy and not hurting. And then all of a sudden you have some indiscretions and when you feel it hit your body that way, it just, for me, it's a wake up call. Oh, that's why I don't eat like that. Totally. You know, it was good for the moment, but you know, now I'm going to pay for it for a day as my body tries to eliminate that stuff. And what I've learned is you just don't ever have two cheat days in a row. Mm -hmm. If you're going to have a cheat day, I look at it like my intestines and my whole um, digestive system. It's watching the food coming in and it's going, Oh good. I need some vitamin A. I need some calcium. I need some protein. Here it is. It's so easy for it to pick out what it needs for the building blocks to build the next version of ourselves. And then all of a sudden 
a bad meal comes in and it's like, ooh, all right, whistle blows. Everybody step back <laughs> and let this just go through. Okay, good. All right, everybody back to work. Next good meal comes through. Our body can get in there and assess it. If it recognizes it as a foreign thing, like not the usual, it's just going to let it pass. However, if the bad stuff keeps coming through over and over again, now it's like, all right, guys, I really hate to do this to you, but we're all going to have to go dumpster diving. <laughs> and so they're in there just trying to, I, I need calcium. Where is it? Oh, this is gross. There's so much stuff in here. It's like, why do you want to make it that hard for your body? Mm. Somebody told me a long time ago, by the time you die, you're going to have digested over 2,000 pounds of food. Jeez. How hard do you want to make that on your body? What kind of life and quality of life do you want to have? Mm. I was also taught that if you feel good, hey, guess what? You'll look good. Yeah. Naturally. And if you look good and you feel good, guess what? You're going to go do good. Totally. And so that's really a key that I've, you know, held on to for a long time for making those decisions. You mm. know, it's like, I want to feel good. You know, if you, we treat our bodies like it's a jet plane engine, are we going to put kerosene in it just to try to get the engine started? <laughs> no, we're going to put the best stuff in it. And so when I think of peak performance for me, it's always, okay, diet is a huge part of that. Mm. And it, you can't expect to be an elite athlete and, and, and break records and do all those crazy things if you're not paying close attention to diet. Mm. You know, and so I know that you're feeling the same way when it comes to that. Totally. You know, and of course, diet's going to change the way we think. You know, like you say, garbage in, garbage out. You know, and if we're going to honor the things that we're putting into our body, our brain can be clear and we can actually help make those decisions. So outside of diet, I know that's a huge part for every athlete and even for normal people. It's like if we just get consistent with the diet and, and don't think that it's boring and that, you know, if I got to make those sacrifices, I just don't ever get to enjoy food anymore. I mean, who wants to do that? That's not <laughs> fun. It's like um, I've been blessed having a wife that's very creative and she made all sorts of wonderful uh, vegetarian meals and different things that were super healthy but if i didn't have those recipes to me just chomping on carrots and celery all the time kind of gets old yeah. and so she has taught me that i don't have to not like my food just because i'm sacrificing and having something that's very plant-based and also notice that once you get rid of stop eating and carbs and sugar your, your taste buds change mm -hmm. and so then that makes that easier so outside of the nutrition aspect Tell me about the fitness approach to your mindset and to, you know, I guess I would assume that you're going to say most people have a fitness goal. Like I need to look like this by this date because I'm going on vacation or I want to lose this much weight in this much time. And so they have all this motivation for some kind of goal, but it's not really the core of who they are. Right. So yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. So I think it comes down to another P word instead of purpose, it's presence. When you're present, Think about presence in your nutrition. You're present to how food is making you feel. So when you eat that pizza and you feel a little sluggish after that, you know, I shouldn't be eating this every single day. I enjoy pizza. I love it. Fourth of July was yesterday. I had some burgers. I had some, you know, other adult beverages and things like that. We're, we're going to live life. We want to have fun. Right. But I was in the gym this morning. And so for me, it comes down to what I call the 1% rule. And many people, they're trying to get 100% better every single day and they're running around just just wearing themselves out. But if we just focus on getting 1% better in everything we're doing, think about it. That's the the the, the journey of life. Easy. Yeah. It's it's a seed. You have a goal, you plant it in the ground meaning 
I get a gym membership. I maybe hire a trainer. I get a program to follow. Uh, in my nutrition, I have a plan. I put it in the ground. I plant it. Then what we do, we just water it. So 1% is showing up. And so if we're externalizing our validation and where we consider success, then we're always going to be comparing people. Like if I would get into chiropractic right now and compare myself to you, I'd be a huge failure because you've got 10, 20, I don't know how many years ahead of me. But if I just focus on getting 1% better every day in whatever pursuit that is, that's something I can chew on. I can see that. It's just a little bit. It's just watering that seed every day. And that's what I did in my football career unknowingly. I just showed up and I became a great football player. And then I went into business and I tried to get 100% better every single day. So I was frustrated quite a bit. And I realized I just need to do what I did before in the past and relay that to whatever I'm pursuing in the moment. So some days you're going to get 10% better. Some days you're going to get 0.01%. Right. But if we're not growing, we're dying. Anything in life, if it's not growing, it's dying. And so for me, that 1% rule helps people and myself have that bite-sized chunk, something tangible where I can make progress. And then I'm not stuck in the, the frustration cycle because like attracts like. And if I'm in those low energy, those low states, then I'm going to attract more of that same. And frustration breeds more frustration. It's a low vibration. So we want to go and make progress. And so for anyone listening to this, just focus on that 1%. Know what you want. Be crystal clear on that. But then just focus on showing up. Absolutely. That's such a, it's such an inverted philosophy from the way I've lived my life. But <laughs> me too. <laughs> it's, it's like I've always shot for the stars and I end up in the cloud somewhere, which is better than the ground. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always trying to overshoot everything and then work really, really hard and probably never really get there in the timing that I want to get there. So there's always some sort of dissatisfaction. But at the end of the day, I've still grew the business or I still got, you know, so much higher than the goal I would have set. And so, again, it causes burnout over time. I have seasons and stints where I just run and give it my all. And then I can't keep pursuing that um, at that level of capacity. Mm. So I love the switching it around to, you know, what if I can just be 1% better? But that makes me also think, how do I find to pull out that purpose in somebody else? How do I find out what is it that really is their hot button? I mean, I, th I think back of my own self and the things that used to make me really excited. I work really hard and then play hard, work hard and play hard. And I used to really love a lot of things to go do and play. Now it's like, I'd rather just work. Mm. And so it's like, I, I, I'm trying to find the thing that really excites me um, to go do. And I just find that, serving and helping other people is so fulfilling and so gratifying. It's like, this is what I've been called to do. Mm. And so not just in myself, but a lot of patients, they, you know, they, they've been quarantined. They haven't been able to get outside and do and go and travel and, and exercise and do all those fun vacations and things that they used to do. So now they've had a year, year and a half where they used to do something fun every three months. And so it's like, how do we wake up that inner person inside and then find these things? I mean, how do we find that purpose for those people listening? They're like, well, it sounds great for you. You got goals. Yeah, but you know what you want to do. How do I know what I want to do? Yeah. So we talked about intention matters, right? Yeah. If we're constantly, I got to get my purpose. I got to get my purpose. 
Well, then that's going to be a frustration cycle you're going to stay in. Your calling leads you to your purpose. So what's your calling? Your calling is what you're naturally good at. You're naturally good at what you do. This becomes so effortless to you, the way you connect with people, the way you help people heal. You're walking in your purpose. So for anyone who feels like they haven't found that yet, just think about what am I intrinsically good at? What was there from like a kid? What did I do for fun as a kid? For me, I was always climbing trees. I was jumping off of swing sets. I always wanted to get high. I always, not, not in that <laughs> sense, high places. Yeah. And I help people have vision now because I wanted that vision as a kid. And that's what I do intrinsically, no matter if it's working in real estate, if it's working in my business, if it's just a person I meet at the grocery store, I'm always asking those questions like, what do you want to do with your life? What really excites you? That's the other question is what, what, what really gets you going? Like what brings you that energy? Because energy breeds more energy yeah. and energy is untapped. It's limitless when we tap into it. So your calling will lead you to that purpose. So find what you're good at, find what you just do naturally, because a lot of people talk about external validation. They're a lawyer because their mom wanted them to be a lawyer or they're a doctor because they were told in school by a teacher they should go in that route. But what really makes you happy? And, you know, I'm 37 now and I'm kind of adding a new career path in because it's going to change. Right. There's, it's, it's never static. Like what you were meant to pursue as an 18 year old isn't what you're meant to pursue now whenever you're in adulthood. Especially so, if it doesn't make you happy. Now. Totally. So, so if it doesn't bring you energy and you don't like it, why the heck are you doing it? Why would you stay stuck doing something you don't really love to do? That being said, there are going to be things we don't love to do every single day. But when you know what direction you're meant to go in, those things that you don't really love, like sending emails or all the little paperwork you got to do for owning a business or whatever that is, it's really not that big of a deal. And then once you get to a place of success, you can outsource all that stuff. So <laughs> yeah, isn't that the truth? Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of times people have hobbies that they do to find their motivation and they work really hard, whatever they have to do until they can find that free time to go run and do the hobby. How great is it when you find something that is your hobby that now becomes your career and then you could actually make a living in that. Totally. And so I think a lot of times people get to certain crossroads in their life where they may have been pursuing money, mm. you know, and supporting my family and to have more things and, and like a vending machine, they save up for it. It just drops and now they own it. There's no more joy in that. What comes up next? I mean, they're always seeking and searching for something else and their purpose gets lost in in just stuff mm. you know and so when they can finally tap into something like you're saying that's just intrinsic that's something inside of them that they feel they know they should be doing and then they start on that avenue maybe they need to pivot and maybe that much income wasn't important i mean i think of the story of the guy who had a simple life worked for a few hours a day and then he laid in his hammock and had a little siesta and played his guitar and hung out with his family all afternoon. And some guy said, you know, how do you do this? He's like, well, I get up earlier before everybody else and I fish in the morning and I catch enough fish to do what I need. Mm. He goes, oh, you're so good at though. We should, we should fish more and I could teach you how to, we can get a boat and then we can get a whole fleet of boats. And then you could have this major thing. And then you could sell this company down the road after all this massive stuff. And then he's like, well, then what would you do with all that money? He's like, well, I would sit here in, a, in the hammock and I'd hang out and, play my guitar and hang out with my family. And he's like, 
well, I'm already doing that. Like, why would I need to pursue all of these things to have more to be able to do what I can already do so simply right now? So a lot of times it's just very foreign for people to let go of what's they think has been important to them their whole life to find out what's really important to them inside. 100%. You know. If you look at every major religion, they preach rest and peace and some form of a Sabbath, taking a day to rest and relax. And for me, about five years ago, I was going to train myself to need less sleep. I was going to train myself to only need four hours of sleep so I could be in peak performance every single day for 16 hours a day as opposed to 12. I lost my voice for like two and a half weeks, completely lost it, couldn't talk. And it was like the universe was teaching me, you got to chill, you right. got to relax. And so hobbies for me were a complete foreign concept. <laughs> but as I studied more successful people, everyone had one. Steve Jobs would meditate for about three hours a day. And you see these very, very successful people who are at peak performance, who are the 1% of the 1% in their field. And they've got hobbies and they're enjoying life. And I was like, well, what am I doing wrong? Where do I need to take a lesson here? And it comes back to balance. Think right. about that seed. That seed has balance. There's fall and there's winter. There's spring and summer. There's a balance to everything. There's night and then there's day. You know, the old uh, proverb, it's better to give than to receive. Well, you got to receive. There's always a receiving. There's a, there's a balance to everything. This is where yin and yang comes in as well. And so... You've got to have that downtime so the peak performance time can be that much better. For example, if you're getting five hours of sleep a night and you're a person who needs eight, I think it's only about 3% of people need less than eight hours of sleep on a consistent basis. And so if you're not getting enough sleep, you're going to be drained during the day. So that sleep, that's that balance. That's that time. And so for me, I realized, what if I could do more in two hours than I used to do in 10? Because I'm more present I'm more rested. I've Absolutely. got proper nutrition. My my mental focus is on. And I was like, I think that's the key. It's not about doing more. It's not about punching the clock more, but it's about being more effective in the time that you have. And that's, to me, what that peak performance really is. If I can be 100% on, I don't have text messages going off. I'm not checking emails and watching YouTube and reading a book and trying to coach someone at the same time. What if I just did one thing, but I did that one thing so good that it's it, it benefits everything else I'm doing. To me, that's what peak performance truly is now, being present and really having the balance. And that's taking care of yourself. That's having hobbies. That's enjoying life. Because what gains a man to gain the whole world but to lose his soul, right? If you're in that pursuit of money, how much is enough? Is it right. a billion? Is it 10 billion? I mean, I used they to- They always laugh. say a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like for someone, what is that- financial freedom for you. Maybe it's 10 grand a month and you're good there. You can take that hammock for other people it might be a hundred, whatever that is. But I think a lot of people don't know what they want and therefore they're on that pursuit all the time. And that's where the, the lack of purpose and that burnout comes in. You know, somebody told me a long time ago when I asked them how they were doing, gosh, decades ago, he says, you know, I'm busy and balanced. Mm, I, like and I that. just like the way that rolled off his tongue. And I'm like, well, I'm always busy. And busier than most people could even fathom. Mm -hmm. And if I don't tell myself that I'm balanced to, then I don't take that time to do exactly what you said. And I learned a long time ago, it's much better to get to bed early, wake up and spend two hours of doing 
emails and getting caught up on things, or I could spend five, six hours at night, you know, from eight o'clock until one in the morning, getting through what I could easily do in two hours in the morning. And so when you're not at your peak performance and you keep pushing yourself to do something, you're only hurting yourself in the long run. And I've also learned a long time ago, you mentioned about the sleep thing, that you do not make up for lost sleep mm. later when you sleep all day. Mm -hmm. You're damaging your brain. You're damaging your neurology if you don't let it recharge at night. Mm. Over 75% of all the new cells we lay down in a single day happens during three hours of deep and REM. And so the, the, the key is you need at least three hours of deep and REM sleep. Most people take seven, eight hours in order to get that mm -hmm. because half the night is light sleep. Yep. And so if you can track your sleep and you can get that three hours, I can get that three hours in between five and six hours of sleep. And so that seems to be good enough for me to be able to recharge and wake up feeling refreshed, you know, again, provided we're having that balance and we're eating right and we're doing all the exercise and, and doing all the things that we know we need to do. We were taught five keys of health. You know, when I graduated chiropractic school, it's um, rest, exercise, nutrition, a clear, proper functioning nervous system, and of course, a positive mental attitude. Mm. These were all just five really key pillars in order to be successful in life and to stay healthy and be healthy. Yeah. I, I, call, I use an acronym for my last name on that. I call it food, optimal hydration, renew your mind, sleep, and then exercise. Excellent. And I love it because most people focus on exercise first and forgo the other four. But it's really the other way around. It's what goes into your body first and foremost. Food, hydration, renewing your mind. And those are those three things as well. Right. Do you feel that um, being spiritual and having faith helps push it harder when you're physically exercising? Like I know you and my son just climbed a a 14 <laughs> and was a 24, 26 miles that you guys went 23, 23 yeah, miles yeah. up and down. Absolutely brutal. Yep. Um, I lived vicariously through you and have no, you know, attempt to do that ever in my life with my injuries. <laughs> um, you know, and that's great, but I could only imagine physically pushing it and pushing it and, uh, not having faith to be able to be like, ah, this is enough. I think it's time to turn around. I think, does faith make you stronger and keep you going to hit those goals? Without a doubt, because if you don't believe you can do something, you're never going to attempt it. Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And so if your belief is coming out in your verbiage of what you're speaking, then that's what's in your heart. And you're never going to take action on something if you don't believe you can actually do that. And faith is the precursor of belief. And so... For me, hiking is that fun, is that balance, but it's also a metaphor for me for life because I have a clear goal to get to the top of that mountain. And I know if I just keep going 1%, 1%, One 1%, I'm going to get there. <laughs> and it's yeah. not going to be easy, but there's going to be obstacles in the way. Sometimes it gets a little steeper. Sometimes it levels off. Sometimes you can't find the trail and you got to blaze your own trail, but you still see where you're going. And so that's my metaphor at all times. Like, what is my hike? What is my pursuit? Because hiking is a lot more like life than, you know, a sprint. We try to sprint and get everything done. But if you sprint that hike, you're going to be dead. Right. <laughs> you'll make it maybe a mile. Yeah. And you'll be done. And then you're, you're, you're screwed, essentially. But if you just keep going, you'll get there. And so for me, it satisfies a bunch of different things. It, 
uh, going back to what I enjoyed as a kid. I wanted to get to the highest part, part of something. That's the, the, the goal of my hike. And if I just keep going 1%, 1%, I'm going to get there. And that's why I love it so much. When you think of it, tying it all back to when you were a kid, climbing to the highest point in town or the highest part of the roof, or the highest part of the tree, it gave you that vision of your territory. Mm-hmm. And it got you to get that, that bird's eye view, in essence, uh, to see how far, what's out there, where you're at, um, all of that. And now it comes right back to it, helping people find their vision. And it you know, absolutely ties into that. So that's really cool. I, I wish there was a book or something out there that had like all the things you do as a kid and what you're most likely to be as an adult, <laughs> the things that you love to do and play and so forth. So, uh, but at any rate, you know, I think that the spirituality side of it, I honestly don't know how people go through life without having that spiritual um, rudder, you know, knowing, knowing where we're going and knowing our faith. Um, that just gives me so much strength to do the impossible sometimes because I always have this quote that God, you know, has, God will never give me more than I can handle. Mm-hmm. And I just wish sometimes he didn't have so much faith in me but I have to remember that he wouldn't give it to me if I couldn't handle it. So that helps me keep picking up that next step and fighting one step mm. at a time and one step at a time, you know, until we inevitably get to where we're going. So, well, if you think about faith, Jesus said, believe and do not doubt. He was very clear on that. And the disciples, they prayed for, they didn't say, Lord, give us the ability to heal people or, you know, the ability to walk on water. Peter didn't pray for that. He said, Lord, heal our unbelief. And so if faith is, be, is the precursor to belief, then if we don't believe, then we're not going to ever take action in our lives. And so belief is, the, is the, the bedrock of everything we do. Like if I don't believe I can get to the top of that mountain, I'm never going never gonna to do that. Not even going to try. <laughs> so belief is the beginning of that. And I believe faith for me is, is the bedrock of all of that. That's, that's the rudder. That's the North Star of everything that I do in my life. That's my barometer of is this truth or is this a lie? Because if it's truth, I'm going to pursue it. Yeah, me too. Is this speaking life yep. or is it speaking death? And the power of the tongue can send you down either path very, very quickly. Yeah. And so, you know, think twice, speak once mm. <laughs> and speak from love, right? And yeah. speak from life and giving of love and life. That's, that's what truly... When it all boils down to the different stages of our life, servitude is the best. When we get to the kingdom and we can just now serve and pay it forward to other people, uh, that's our true blessing. And yeah. That's what gets me out of bed in the morning is just knowing that we've been through so much and found our way out of so many different tight spots that most people might have lost their faith, mm. might have accepted their disability, and live the rest of their life with that condition that they were told they have, like a badge. Mm. And to be able to get into that mind and pull that person out of there and say, you know what? Leave those badges. Leave those conditions. Those, those, those served you back in the day. Yeah. But you no longer need them. And to be able to see their body renew, their mind renew, their spirit renew, and then to see them find their breakway, breakthrough and get their life back and, and shed the, the crutches, shed the wheelchair, shed the medications. I mean, to see all of that, 
There is no greater experience that I ever have in my life than being able to witness that. Mm. And so I've always looked at me as me like I'm somebody that has a gift of pulling out that Olympian in you mm. and make you work really hard for something that you didn't believe was true. But now I'm living evidence that it can be true. And your your truth is in there, too. I love that. God made us so wonderfully and fearfully made. And and the new version of ourself is just one cell away. Well, and I, what I, we I, do to tap into that is going to make us the better version of ourselves. Totally. Because the first diagnosis is not the last diagnosis. That's right. And you had the faith to get out of your chair. And you took the steps every single day to do that. You did the 1% every day. Yeah. Speaking life eating a little better. Maybe it's taking one more step. Maybe it's getting out of bed a little bit. So I just want to encourage anyone listening to this. Your diagnosis today is not the last diagnosis. So have the faith and take that 1%. Do something different. Because if you never do anything different, you're going to get the same result you've always had. But it takes faith and belief to take action into something because you believe you're going to get the results you want. And the further you go down that journey, the further you go up that mountain, the more the path is revealed. Because That's you can right. see the peak as you go around the corner. You can see the peak as you go through the valley. But if you stop your journey, the only failure in life is quitting. There's only winning and learning. And That's if right. you don't get what you want, you're just learning a new way to do it. That's right. That's so well said. <laughs> <laughs> what a purpose-driven life we all have the ability to live. Mm. And every step along the way, all those 1%, if you just look back 10% from where you are now, that gives you motivation. Yeah. Every ounce of inspiration I can give somebody, they'll turn around and give me gallons of perspiration. Mm. And it, we get evidence along the way. So it's not like we just have to look at that peak and think, that's my goal. I'm going to get there. And then, am I really going to get there? I'm going to get there. Am I crazy for thinking I'm going to get there? <laughs> I'm going to get there. You know, it's like I remember... I remember when I was a kid, I saw some talk show and, and the host had this Japanese man come out and he was just this tiny little guy and they brought out these cinder blocks and they put two railroad ties on top of one another and they said that he's going to karate chop through both of these. And so I was like, really? <laughs> it's like, wow, how is that even possible? It's like, I don't know, 16 inches of wood or something like that. These two big railroad ties. Yeah. And the little old man just walked right up there and he looked at it. Raised his hand, and he went right through it, and it exploded and splintered into all these pieces. The crowd went crazy, and he just sat there, and he invited him over to sit down. And he's like, wow, that was amazing. Tell me, how did you do that? And he looked right at the camera. He goes, it was very simple. I just paid attention and made sure I didn't go through the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and that hit me, and it impacted me so much as a kid. And I'm like, wow. And he goes, most people would look at the wood and think, oh, Railroad ties, you're not going to get through that. Mm. And then they think, railroad ties here. And then they think, well, I'm also 51 years old, so I'm probably not going to get through it. And then I've broken my hand before. And then, gosh, it was in a cast three different times. And, and you put all this resistance on top of the obstacle mm. rather than be making sure that all I'm looking at is the floor. I need to stop by here. And nothing in its path was in its path to him. Mm. And mentally, he went right through it. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, the power of your thought, the power of your will. And, and I've seen so many things similar to that in life, that attitude determines human performance. Yeah. 
my Shihan sh- shared that with me when I was in martial arts the first half of my life. And that is something that is a mantra that I've used over and over again. Your attitude determines human performance. Mm. You have an amazing physical ability to be a great athlete. But if your attitude isn't right, what good is that? Yeah. How are you going to push that to, to any type of limit to prove what you can do, mm. you know, and push your body to the max. And, and, that, so, and that goes back to life and death is in the power of the tongue. If that voice in your head is telling you, you can't do this, you can't do this. Guess what? You're not going to be able to do it. That's right. But what else are we supposed to do? Take every thought captive and speak the truth over it. And so when those negative voices come in, that little devil on your shoulder, just flick that sucker off and listen to the angel, right? That's right. <laughs> it's like the old cartoon. It's it, There's so much truth in that. Oh, sure. And so if life and death's in the power of the tongue, what's going on in our head at all times? What's that voice? So taking that, that's what he did. He took that voice captive and then he just trained that voice to be the positive voice. And then it was just second nature to him. That's right. All thoughts are either positive or negative. There's no neutral. There's no Mm. in between. It's either this or that. Okay. And so like attracts like. Yeah. You're thinking positive thoughts. You're going to think more positive thoughts and those are going to feed more positive thoughts and it's going to give you the desire, the passion, the will to keep going and, and turn it. Mm-hmm. If you think a negative thought, you have to be very careful and you got to nip those in the bud real quick and s- just cancel it. I, I hear the word cancel, cancel, cancel in my <laughs> head. My mom used to always say that. And then I just stopped that line of thinking because it's it's not going to serve you any good. Yeah. It's the leading cause of failure. And that's what's going to that's gonna be the end of, of your dreams, your goals, your passions, and all of that is listening to that other voice that is the pessimist side of and the negative side. Now, it's good to, to understand both sides, but really, it's like the white wolf and the black wolf. We both have them. Mm-hmm. They're both alive inside of us. Just totally. which one are you feeding? Yeah. That you know, was what it all boils down to. And 80% of your thoughts will be negative if you just let them go, just naturally. So it is a discipline. It is a 1%. And I would argue that this is the most important 1% you'll ever have Right. is taking those thoughts captive and speaking the truth over it. So if your your negative thought is saying, you're not going to have enough to do whatever, no, no, I am abundant. I'm amazing. I have enough. I have more than enough. I'm more than a conqueror. And so that rewrites that program because we are created for success, but programmed for failure. I think a wise person told me that. <laughs> it was you. <laughs> and yeah. I love that. Like, it's so true. So you have to rewrite that program. And that's a very intentional process. That doesn't happen on accident. That's right. John Maxwell says everything we have in life is uphill. And that's why I love the hiking analogy so much because it's a literal hill, but it's a metaphor for everything you're trying to pursue in life. That's right. Oh, man. <laughs> we could just sit here and talk for I know, hours right? on this topic. So uh, I just want to thank you so much for joining us again. And uh, my fans really appreciate it. You know, mm. and all these little things like we just need that one ounce of inspiration. So if you're listening today and you got that little ounce of inspiration, get up off your couch, go outside and do something about it. Exercise, get your health back. Your health is your number one asset in life. If you if you ignore it, it's going to cost you too many people sacrifice their own health and work their whole life trying to gain wealth. And then they have a health issue. And they spend all their wealth trying to get a little bit of that health back. So don't become one of those statistics. Work really hard to be the best version of you. And it all starts right here between your ears with your attitude. So hope that helps for today's talk. And I appreciate you listening and talk to you next time. Have a great day.